Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hello and welcome back to the newest installment of a very silly thing that we do here at New Jersey is the World called Voices from the Jug Handle. For the uninitiated, Voices from the Jug Handle is a show where you, the listeners, call into the home office here at New Jersey is the World by dialing 973 780-4660 and leaving us notes in regards to anything New Jersey based or show referenced. From there, we peel through diligently and respond. I would like to thank everyone who reached out to me personally asking where the hell this episode that you're currently listening to was, is. It had not yet been made because... I undertook the Herculean effort of moving the home office of New Jersey is the world with my bare hands from West Orange a little farther on down the line to the Ironbound section of Newark after my six-year absence from the neighborhood. Uh, I think COVID gave us all a lot of time to think, and I thought that I was not home wherever I was. <laughs> so, here we are, permanently. Some idiot thought it would be a good idea to give this idiot a mortgage. Ha! So, let me take this time to personally thank you all for your patience and your patronage. For you, dear listener, are as much of this show as I am. As Chris Gethard is, as Mike D, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, and Andrea Quinn are. For what is the flower without the bee? And what is the bee without the flower? Hmm? Hmm? I think that's probably more than enough out of me. So, let's get into it. And let's listen together and apart to some voices from the jug handle. Voices from the Jug Handle, a subsidiary of New Jersey is the World. Unfortunately, all of our representatives are currently predisposed. Please leave your message after the tone. Thank you, and have a nice day. Central Jersey is the New Jersey of New Jersey. Hi, this is uh, Chris from Hampton Township in Sussex County. Um, In response to the local media episode... When I was growing up, there were years' worth of local cable commercials for a Chevy dealership that was run by a man named Silvio Petrucci. So in addition to having an amazing name, Silvio Petrucci had this amazing shtick uh, in his commercials. He was physically unable to say the word no, which is why you could get such great deals at his car lot. So this shtick went on for years. My favorite commercial of his was the one where Silvio Petrucci was in a 
doctor's office trying to get therapy to be able to intone the word no. But instead, he would say, yes, yes, to the chagrin of the doctor. I can't find any evidence that these commercials existed uh, online anywhere. So I had to check with my family first before calling and talking about it. But um, it's true that this is not a false memory. Silvio Petrucci did exist, and uh, he was unable to say no. Hey, Chris. My name is Alexandra. I'm a friend of Mike's. Um, so first off, I'm related to New Jersey by marriage, or rather almost marriage, not blood. My fiancé, Chris, is from Raquanic, and his parents now live in Manasquan. So I've been thrown into the belly of the beast when it comes to New Jersey transit and the shore and bagels and all that. One thing I've been totally taken aback by is uh, New Jersey weddings. They are on another level, truly. I think the first one I went to was somewhere in North Jersey like seven years ago. I had a fresh mozzarella at a polling station, a martini ice luge, professional dancers, and a bunch of other things I thought only existed in those TLC wedding shows. But if you've ever been to a real New Jersey wedding, you've probably been to the wedding hall type place that look like Versailles except with more over-the-top crystal. They've always felt a little shady to me. Like they're definitely more interested in skimming cash off the catering budget and cramming in a ton of brides into the schedule. Um, so recently a friend told me about a wedding she went to at once. I'm not going to name it because there actually is pending litigation. Um, apparently it forced couples to go on with their weddings during COVID. So couples would essentially invite like 200 people and have like 50 or 60 show up. Um, obviously they're super upset. Anyway, her friend is amongst them. Um, and you would think that things couldn't get any worse, but that's wrong. So everyone's dancing on the dance floor. Uh, giant over the top chandeliers comes flying down and starts bouncing like on a bungee cord. Shards of glass, um, because of course it's not a crystal, right? Are flying everywhere. People are screaming. Um, and it's so bad that they had actually call multiple ambulances. On the plus side, I'm pretty sure they finally got the money back and then some. Um, so that's my story. Um, and, you know, New Jersey weddings are not to be missed. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Hey, guys. This is Autumn. I'm originally from Howell, New Jersey, good old central Jersey. I'm now on the west coast in Los Angeles. Um, I wanted to call in today and see if anyone has talked about the Popcorn Park Zoo down in Ocean County. It's over in Lacey. And it was founded back in the 70s as a sanctuary for animals with, like, they were really close to dying or had all kinds of fucked up issues. And I remember going as a kid, my parents would take me to something, like, pretty cheap to do. And I had, like, younger parents. So it was something cheap to do on the weekends. And we would go, and you'd get, like, a big bucket of popcorn, and you could walk around and, like, check out all these animals and feed it to some of them. But you'd see all of these, like, giraffes with, like, face tumors or, like, just all of these really crazy injuries and gnarly things on these animals. Um, but it is actually a really cool uh, mission that they have there, trying to, you know, help these animals out and keep them from getting put down, essentially. Um, definitely recommend checking it out if you are looking for a unique experience. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey guys, my name is Vienna. I'm from Nutley, New Jersey originally, um, but I actually moved to Ocean Township right outside of Asbury Park, definitely claiming Asbury Park, same zip code, fight me, um, with my husband this year. Uh, so I actually always wanted to live in Asbury Park. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. I know that sounds silly, 
um, when I was younger, me and my best friend Callie, we would tell our parents that we were going to Montclair to hang out, um, and then we would drive down to Asbury Park because they would have bonfires on the beach on Thursday nights, and there was always a show to go to. Um, so I always knew I wanted to live here, but I mostly just called because I wanted to share this very regional joke. Um, so when you're coming out of Beale and heading into Asbury Park, um, this joke doesn't stand as much anymore because Asbury Park is starting to become a bit gentrified, which is a whole other issue. But um, when you're crossing over from Beale into Asbury Park, you go from Beale, the nicest part, one of the nicest parts of the Jersey Shore, with these million-dollar mansions that have been there forever, into the not-as-nice side of Asbury Park. So my friends and I would, every time we um, went over the bridge, we'd be like, deal? No deal. Anyway, I just wanted to share that silly joke before it doesn't even make sense anymore because Asbury Park is beautiful and amazing. Um, it's the best place in the world to live. Uh, Monmouth County is the best place in the world to live. Sorry, Essex County, but uh, I, I, I would love it down here. Anyway, thanks for listening. Just wanted to share that. I'm not sure why. Bye. Listener Chris, thank you so much for the call. Hey, does anyone out there remember a commercial for a place called Cafe Z? They used to run it on Comcast all the time. I don't remember anything specific about it, but I remember it was animated, and it was, like, like well done. Like, not like, you know, basic cable, I know a guy that can make cartoons. Like, somebody really... Put in the time on that. Can't seem to find it on YouTube. If anybody comes up with a fix, please let me know. There was another one. It may have been for Cafe Z, but it was uh, for a takeout place. And at the end of the commercial, which they ran endlessly, the actor playing the mom said, What about that olive loaf? Which was a running gag in the cop house for years. Um, Not only the way that it dropped like a hammer at the end of the commercial, but... um, yeah, an olive loaf does not sound particularly consumable. Uh, another more modern favorite of mine is a uh, current duo of ding-dongs who have been at it for years, hucking used cars. I won't name names, but my favorite memory of these two was a uh, commercial popped up one time. I was watching TV with my friend Larry, and he lazily intoned, Look at these guys. These guys just want to rip you off. And it was so deadpanned and perfect, that's all I can hear whenever I see their commercials or their billboards. Alexandra, it's raining glass, hallelujah, it's raining glass. It is not a New Jersey wedding without a little bit of bloodshed, right? Once my man Jerry got so drunk at a wedding that he ripped down a pendant light that had an incredible amount of cord on it, and dancing around on the dance floor with it held to his head. His hair caught fire, and someone had to douse him with a glass of water. Good times. Hot times. For Jerry, at least. Autumn. The Popcorn Park Zoo. The name intrigues me. I have never been. Sounds like a Mario Kart course. I have never heard of such a place, and although I'm sure it stirred some strange feelings in the minds of children who visited, based on your description, I'm also sure that it inspired, albeit a few youngsters, to consider their actions and feelings towards our animal friends. Hopefully, 
it inspired a veterinarian or two. Silver Linings. Dina. Pulling the old switcheroo on the folks. Ain't life grand. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Platitudes. And yes, I enjoyed your deal or no deal joint very much. It was very cute. Whenever I see the signs, uh, I always think of Kim and Kelly Deal of the Pixies, and later the Breeders of 90s rock stardom. Thank you for the call. with 
the um, spear gun was just phenomenal. By the way, I am planning a trip to visit Mom, go to New Jersey, and eat all the places that you told me about. Hey, guys, it's uh, Glenn from Herbertsville again. Um, I'm living out here in Los Angeles for about 18 years, and I just wanted to uh, bring up this really weird, interesting fact that that happens out here. Uh, it turns out that the, the, there's a very large Armenian population, and like the Mexican population that just loves Morrissey, these cats absolutely love soprano, uh, Hollywood gangster Italian culture. Like, it's nuts. You go to the San Gennaro Festival, there's more Armenian people than Italian people. But the king of it all, the crown jewel of this phenomena, is there's a deli in Glendale that sells pork roll Taylor ham on the level of Prejou. It's like... $8 a pound or something insane, and you're like, you guys are selling garbage meat on the level of premium deli meat. It's just bonkers. Anyway, I'm loving this project. Probably have called in way too much. Enjoy. Feel free to clip it up and or just giggle at this. All good. Hope you guys are well. Cheers. Yo, fellas, this is Jersey Shore Glenn. I had gotten that nickname way back in 97 before that god-awful show uh, came out by Jimmy Gestapo of Murphy's Law when I wouldn't shut up about all the Jersey Shore punk fans when I was interviewing uh, him and uh, another buddy of his down for the radio show. And I got to say, the Jersey Shore show is amazing as I grew up in uh, a part of Bricktown called Herbertsville, right next to Point Pleasant, and had worked in some various sub shops all over. So if you guys do a part two, you've got to bring up the infamous TP sub in Delhi and the one time I britted up some cardboard and served it to a customer as chicken parm. All right, I'll talk to you guys at some point. Ladies. Hey, Chris and everyone. My name is Jess. I grew up in Hamilton, New Jersey, born in Trenton, raised in Hamilton, and I'm now in Montclair. Um, but I just finished listening to your class trips episode. I think that was the funniest one yet. All your episodes have me dying with laughter and really making me appreciate what a weird state I've lived in my whole life. Um, but it jogged my memory back to middle school. This must have been sixth or seventh grade in Hamilton. And shout out to anyone that went to Grace Middle School. And I remember for... I don't know if this is history or science class, for weeks on end, our teacher prepped us saying that we would soon be covering lessons on Hiroshima and that we would be watching this video soon. And the video showed people during the bombing that were outside getting basically like melting their skin off and showing them down to skeletons and the effects that the bomb had on the people when it happened. And this is like sixth grade, this our teacher talking about this. And I remember it was a big controversy whether the teacher was actually going to show us this video. He sent home permission slips we had to bring to our parents to sign this. We're, what, like 11 years old? And so my parents signed it. 
which is hilarious. I think everyone's parents did. They're like, yeah, sure. Let these kids watch these people get their like faces melted off. And, uh, yeah. And then I remember there was this big lead up to the day the video was going to play. Our teacher pops in the VHS, you know, he rolls up the TV to the front of the classroom. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be traumatized? Like our lives about to change seeing this moment in history and these poor people getting killed from the bomb. And it was an animated video. It was a poorly animated video at that, um, but that completely left my mind until I listened to that episode. So thank you for uh, for helping me recall that. I'm going to call go call my best friend, who uh, I think uh, probably will remember this too. But uh, thanks so much. I love your show. It's uh, it's so fun listening to it. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Hi, this is Jessica from Short Hills. I really enjoyed your recent episode about local TV. I grew up right over the border in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but our local TV, much like South Jerseyans, came from Philadelphia. So two memorable shows we all grew up watching in the 80s were Al Albert's Showcase and Dancing on Air. Al Albert's Showcase aired on Saturday afternoons and it featured an older sort of Rat Pack style crooner who hosted a talent show with toddlers wearing tuxedos or crazy frilly dresses. Sometimes Al would sing a duet with the toddlers, and it was pretty creepy and low budget, but apparently it was the springboard for Joey Lawrence of Blossom fame. Dancing on Air was a local version of American Bandstand that featured um, teenagers from Philadelphia and South Jersey with enormous hair, including a young Kelly Ripa. And it later became, I think, a national show known as Dance Party USA on the USA Network. But anyway, a local suburban legend surrounding that show was that one of my childhood friends ran away from home and she was recovered because she was spotted dancing on Dancing on Air. Um, Also, a few of my teen friends and I had crushes on some of the Dancing on Air regulars, and we once somehow went to an under-21 night at a club outside Philadelphia called uh, Pulsations. We were trying to track these guys down. But we were sadly unsuccessful, and I never got to meet Bobby with the sunglasses. So those are my stories. I hope they help. I really enjoy the podcast, and I look forward to future episodes. Thanks a lot. Listener Glenn, thank you so much for the call. Uh, This goes out to you and to everyone listening. In the future, please send voicemails to 973-780-4660 and not texts. Our number goes straight to our answering machine, the Chelsea Nygaard Bot 5000, here at the home office in Newark that I refuse to attach a phone to. Could you imagine me fielding calls from you yo-yos all day? I'd be institutionalized in a week. This man has to work. And ah, the old clip and giggle. Sounds like my typical Saturday night. Was that a sex joke? An allusion to violence? Are the two one in the same in my life? Questions. Connections. Obsessions. QXTs. 
Goth Night, Newark. Thank you for the call, Glenn. Another Glenn, Jersey Shore Glenn. Great call, buddy. I believe I'm going to need you to whip up a cardboard cacciatore for me next, or possibly an antipasto made out of the shredded remains of my previous lease agreement. That would be lovely. Shoutouts to The Disconnects, a phenomenal uh, punk pop, power pop, power punk band from Asbury Park, New Jersey, who I'm sure uh, Glenn knows, as do I. Uh, Their record, Are Healthy, The Disconnects Are Healthy, phenomenal. Jess, listener Jess, thank you for your voicemail. War is hell. They showed us the day after tomorrow in middle school. It was very extra. It was cheesy and dated at the time, but it still made an impact on me. A reading recommendation to everyone in the same vein. I saw it by graphic novelist and Hiroshima survivor, excuse my gaijin pronunciation, Kiji Nakazawa. It's a manga that was published in 1972 detailing his witness to and survival of the genocidal act committed by the United States government on millions of Japanese civilians in order to hasten the end of the Second World War. On that subject, mixed feelings abound, dear listener. But I have to say, last I checked, murder is bad. Jessica from Short Hills, Dancing on Air, Plays on Words, What's Not to Love. And in one way or another, aren't we all chasing Bobby with the sunglasses? Aren't we? live in the D.C. area, uh, and I'm a lawyer, and I drive through Delaware a lot uh, on the way back and forth between New Jersey and D.C., uh, so I was listening to this episode of Garden State Gagoots where you guys were talking about Delaware, so I have to call because uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm also very interested in maps, so I think the first thing is that Delaware has very weird borders, uh, and I think it is interesting. If you look at the map, you'll see that the border between Delaware and New Jersey is on just the shoreline on New Jersey. So when you cross the Delaware Memorial Bridge, you are instantly in Delaware. It's usually the case that it's, uh, you know, right in the middle of the river. But Delaware, you know, going back to colonial grants, uh, this has some just very strange borders. Um, and one aspect of this is any time when you have uh, this sort of border and then later land gets added to one side, you can't just, like, make New Jersey bigger uh, by adding a bunch of land, like the, the, the border is considered to stay where it was at the, like the natural shoreline. 
So if you look very closely on like Google Maps uh, at the border between New Jersey and Delaware, there's a couple places where um, there's land that is connected to New Jersey across the river from Delaware, really, uh, but it is considered to be part of the uh, of the state of Delaware, just like the rest of the river is, and not part of New Jersey. So New Jersey actually does have, uh, I think there's at least two places where there's a direct land border uh, with Delaware due to these uh, random areas of uh, infilled uh, of infilled land. So I don't know. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I would I would like us to uh, adjust the border. Uh, this border with uh, Delaware, New Jersey, has been the source of um, you know uh, several Supreme Court cases about who can regulate things that happen uh, on the river and things like that. Uh, anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, New Jersey and Delaware do in fact share. Uh, a land border. Uh, take care, guys. Uh, I love I love all the various podcasts that you do on the topic of New Jersey. Uh, goodbye. Hi, this is Ken from Sakasana, and the uh, the commercial that most is uh, is most burned into my head is um, "Take a chance, make it happen, spin the wheel round and round it goes. Life is short, life is sweet. Grab yourself a front row seat." Let's live and have a ball. Yeah, let's live for the wonder of it all. Meet me at Foxwoods. Thank you. This is Maddie from the Woe, the Woe Town. I was listening to the, the Jersey-ish uh, episode uh, just just yesterday, I believe, and trying to think of what... Uh, what, what Jersey things I could come up with. And I would say that as far as vegetables go, I would say the Brussels sprout is the New Jersey of vegetables for a couple of reasons. One of which is think of a, of a Brussels sprout, you know, fresh out the bag, not really cooked or anything. I haven't really experienced it. It's pretty nasty, pretty not great. So when you think of people coming to Jersey, if all you've seen is like, you know, the turnpike by the airport or your, like, uncle's house in Bayonne, you'd think it's pretty, you know, pretty nasty and not not too great. But then a really good cooked Brussels sprout, is it's, it's, it's just fucking delicious. It's, it's great. You know, fry it up a little bit, maybe, you know, if you're so inclined, put a little bacon, and you experience it, and you're like, wow, this thing is, is really good, you know? This is great. You know, you're really experiencing this, this delicious vegetable, much like New Jersey, you really experience it. Outsiders that it's actually a pretty damn cool state, best state in the union. Um, you know, the poor Brussels sprout, much like poor New Jersey, gets uh, gets kind of a bum rap. But, uh, you know, once you really uh, get to the bottom of it, pretty damn cool. Love the show. Why don't you let this one marinate, and I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. Hey, guys, this is Matt. Uh, I live in Rockaway, but I was born and raised and uh, bred in the infamous uh, Woe Town. Awesome show. It's just freaking incredible. Um, I was listening to the Mafia episode recently, and it brought me back to a memory from when I was a kid about that uh, Mafia road. So when I was in, like, second or third grade, this uh, kid moved to town. I think his name was John. And uh, he was kind of like, you know, kind of an odd kid or whatever. He was nice enough. And we asked him where he lived, and he said he lived in, you know, the road, like, across from, uh, Mount Fuji, so we're like, oh, okay, like, none of us have ever really, like, been there, we didn't know the history or whatever, because we were, like, nine years old or whatever, so, uh, whatever, a few 
months go by, and like there's one day uh, at school, and we all get into school or whatever, and uh, he's like, "Oh, the craziest thing happened last night. Like I was outside my house." And this, uh, this, like, guy came out of the woods all, like, bloody. Like, his face was covered in blood, and, like, his body was covered in blood. And, like, I call my dad, and my dad comes out, and he's like, all right, John, get in the house, get in the house. So I, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he gets in the house, and then, you know, he was telling us that, uh, you know, after a little while, the guy just went away, and he asked his dad, like, what happened? And, uh, the kid, uh, the dad was like, oh, don't worry about it, we're good, don't worry about it. Just, just go to, go inside, go to bed. It's like, oh, wow, that's crazy. He goes, yeah, it was crazy. And then, like, two days later, this kid, John, was just, like, gone. Like, completely gone, vanished. And, like, we asked our teacher, and the teacher was all kind of sketchy and shady about, like, oh, no, John, John's not here anymore. And we're like, yeah, we know. We know John's not here anymore, but, but John was just gone. And then, I don't know, maybe, like, a, I don't know how much longer it was. Well, it used to my area. I grew up in the Gregory area, so I don't know if it was, like, that area thing or school thing or maybe it was in middle school um it, it became more like that wasn't mafia road it was like the rumor was that was like a witness protection road like all the people who were in witness protection were like on that road so like people who lived in like arizona or texas or whatever and saw like a mafia hit or like a cartel hit or something they'd like move there for like witness protection which i mean, look on back at that makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever um, and also knowing that those houses are freaking ginormous mansions, I don't think, you know, Uncle Sam has that kind of scratch to put up witness protection people in mansions in a shady road in West Orange. But I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting story. Awesome show. Keep it up. Motown. See you guys at the Eagle Rock Diner. Peace. Hey, it's Melissa from Aberdeen. How are you? I worked at the US-1 flea market. I sure did. I worked at a vintage uh, store called Incognito, and they had a store in Somerville, a store in Princeton, and the U.S. One flea market. It was insane working in the flea market. Okay, that's it. Um, thanks so much. Listener John, thank you for your call. You, sir, have discovered the Phantom Coast of Delaware. That's Phantom with a PH. I find that fascinating. Find and fascinating, both spelled with a PH. Somebody needs to crack a window here at the home office. I think there's some weird in the air. Thank you for the call, John. Listener Ken, you legitimately had me hanging on every word. I had completely forgotten about this one until you sold it at the end with Meet Me at Foxwoods. Ah, memories of a wasted youth on my grandmother's sofa waiting for my mom to get off from work to scoop me up and take me home. Thank you for the call, sir. You have a voice like an angel, and if I ever make a theme song for this very silly thing that I do, I will be sure to tap you. Matt, I have nothing to add to your call, and what a call it was. Truth can truly be stranger than fiction, and who the hell knows. But I gotta give you points for using Uncle Sam and Scratch in the same sentence. That is what we call an and one. Thanks for the call, buddy. Listener Melissa, 
I am sure you have some stories from working at that flea market for real. And please call back with them. Follow-up question for you. What is it like working with fleas? They must be very hard to understand when they show up at your booth. They are very small, after all. Is there some sort of microphone-slash-magnifying-glass situation? Consider my interest peaked. And please, call back with any info. again uh, from the woke town listening to the most recent podcast and discussion about fight spots classic story us hanging out in high school drinking in a field somewhere you know one of the many elementary schools drinking our 40s get a phone call that uh, there's a party in short hills and that we should show up to so Two cars full, pile into the cars, roll up to the party, and walk in, and if they stop us at the door in Short Hills, uh, front door stop us, say, uh, party's full, you guys aren't allowed in, so what do we do as delinquents from West Orange is... My buddy kicks in the door and says, now we're here for the party. They proceed to come outside, five guys against five of us, and we brawled out, get into a nice fisticuffs, if you will. And as the fight winds down and everyone starts to settle down, my buddy spits on the ground. And one of the guys from Short Hills says, Ew, we don't spit in Short Hills. We proceeded to laugh, pile on the car, and leave from that town because they don't spit in Short Hills. Two weeks later, same guys get in contact with the mutual friend who brought us to the party and said they wanted to meet up for a fight and settle it once and for all at, on their home turf at Milburn High School. So, once again, it's a Friday night. Two cars full of us from West Orange after drinking in a field pull up to Milburn High School. And when we pull up to Milburn High School, there must have been 150 to 200 people waiting for us were piled into two cars, 10 people max, and we feared our lives at that point. As I'm sitting in my mom's station wagon, the only weapon of choice at that time was the club, which did absolutely nothing 
for anti-theft of a vehicle except for protection if you pulled out hey guys got cut off so I'm sitting there with the pull out the club and weapon of choice ready to go to work with me and another car full of dudes against the whole junior and senior class of Melbourne High School about to brawl it out and eventually get murdered and thankfully the Milburn police showed up and escorted us to the border of West Orange. Thank God for the police at that moment because we would have died. Keep up the great work. Love listening. Thanks, guys. Hey, Chris, this is Bill from Edison, New Jersey. Um, just listened to your local media podcast this morning just finished it on my walk and though i'm a little older than you guys but um you forgot to mention u68 channel 68 which i think broadcasts from west orange um i know they used to uh, be wometco home theater that scrambled channel that you needed a um special box to watch the movies and you always thought that you could see the movie through your scrambled screen at home but um u68 also used to show some rock videos um, and the obscure ones, too, because when I was working at a local um, New Jersey telecommunications company at the training center, when we would set up our classrooms, we could get U68 without an antenna on the TV because their signal was so strong. And um, at least we had some videos to watch, and they were really weird ones, and a lot of the bands that um, MTV didn't show. So uh, keep up the good work with the podcast. I'll be listening and um, hopefully I'll catch you at a live show soon. So keep going. Thanks. Bye. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm actually from Richmond, Virginia, but my uh, dad is originally from Elizabeth, um, and my mom is also from Virginia, but she moved up there when she was a kid, and uh, that's obviously when my, my parents met were in Elizabeth. Um, so me being born in Virginia... I used to go up there all the time as a kid uh, to visit, like, my grandparents and different families. So it's kind of funny. Like, culturally, I feel like I'm more from there, at least in the way I talk, my mannerisms, um, different stories that my folks have told me. Um, and I don't know. I just kind of wanted to share that. Um, I don't know if that's weird or anything, but... I don't know. It's, it's even though I'm from here, I feel like I identify with Jersey a lot. Um, but anyways, I'm actually calling because I just heard your episode on pizza and whether it's a betrayal to take that napkin and blot the pizza to get that oil off there or not. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a nodder. I, I can't do that. You, the, the oil is what makes the pizza. Like, I know the sauce is there, the cheese is there, but, like, I don't know. There's something about that oil. And if there's – I've always been taught, and maybe I'm wrong, but when you have a pizza, you fold it, you, tor you turn it, you turn the back end of the crust downwards, and you let that oil drip down. And I don't know. There's something about that. It just, I don't know, it makes the pizza to me. But anyways, guys, I love the podcast. I'm a big fan. Um, it's kind of like uh, a little bit of, 
nostalgia for me, just listening to some of these episodes and um, hearing about all y'all's testimonials and uh, food reviews and shit like that. So I just want to say, keep up the great work. I love it. And uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you. Hi there, Chris. This is Crystal in Texas. Uh, I'm not from New Jersey. But um, if my only story about New Jersey would be about Point Pleasant, which I don't think I've heard y'all mention yet. Uh, my dad grew up there, and sometimes when I was a family, we would visit his hometown to get Jersey Mike subs. I know it's a shame, but he's super proud that the original shop started there and that Jersey Mike used to make him sandwiches when he was a kid. Uh, and he tells every Jersey Mike shop we walk into. Uh, after that, we go to Hoffman's Ice Cream, and then we go down to the boardwalk. Couldn't afford too much for vacation, but that was always the uh, I will have some future New Jersey stories soon, however. I will be vacationing in Asbury Park for a few days next month because a certain comedian said there's a cool nude beach nearby, and I've wanted to go one for a long time, so what the fuck? It seems right after the past year and a half. Uh, definitely going to see if I can check out some places y'all mentioned on the podcast while I'm in the area. And speaking of podcasts, Rick, love to all of y'all. I'm really enjoying the format. I love the Ben for Springsteen episodes. Fake ads are fantastic. And I'm currently in the middle of adventures in public transportation right now. Uh, Mikey and Bonaduce, you all are funny as hell. I'm loving your stories about your childhood and work, and I can't wait to hear more. Uh, Don, I really appreciate what you said about food being about surprises and having respect and form every aspect of the meal. Uh, like I said, we grew up kind of poor and I understand the food is sustenance, but now that I'm very fortunate as an adult to be able to afford a little something, something, sometimes trying for me and my loved ones, sometimes it can be a really delightful experience, like you said. So I'm going to keep listening to food recommendations on Jersey Dude Reviews Jersey Food. And uh, Chris, last but not least, first heard you in Beautiful Anonymous, and I'm very fond of your honesty, what you put out into the world, your podcast, your stand-up. But most importantly your willingness to be there for people when you recognize pain in them, that you've worked so hard to heal in yourself. So keep up that good human shit that you do for yourself, your family, your friends, strangers when you can. All y'all rock. Please keep doing what you're doing. I'm laughing my ass off. I'm smiling a lot. And I can't wait to go to New Jersey in August. So y'all take care. Hey, it's Jersey Shore Glenn again. Um, from Herbertsville. I also wanted to give you guys a big old clue on some Jersey Shore slang. So before there was a Guido, there was something we called Benny's. Benny's was either the acronym of Bayonne, Edison, Newark, New York, or the fact that uh, everyone that came down to uh, be a tourist on the Jersey Shore had a had a wallet full of Denny's, a.k.a. $100 bills. And so, yeah, that's the original uh, Guido. The Guido was a subspecies of the Benny that was the cartoonish peacocks that we see on that that uh, show today. And, yes, everyone did watch that show to go, oh, look at that. Oh, maybe we could see some friends in the background. So that's the way it is. Cheers. Tom the Bomb from West Orange, New Jersey. This is all textbook West Orange behavior. 
down to wielding improvised weapons in the face of certain death by the hands of a mob of rich kids, outnumbered 50 to 1. I've composed a poem detailing my experiences and feelings to date, and my views on Short Hills, New Jersey. Here goes. A rich man driving his Audi through Short Hills is just a foolish man driving a Toyota that he paid way too much money for through a section of Milburn. Closing note. I've looked into some of the details that you've mentioned here, and it is true. People from Short Hills do not spit. They do the other thing, shockingly. And Lord forgive me for saying that. Thank you for the call. Brian, pizza option. To each his own, brother. Just be sure to go with God in your heart and pizza in your gut. Thank you for the call, sir. Crystal, thank you for all of the love. I say that from the depths of my chopped liver heart. I'm not upset that you neglected to mention me, and I am not bitter at all. Collectively, we will continue to make that good human shit that you mentioned so eloquently. (laughs) Playful ribbing. Playful ribbing. Thank you so much for the call, and thank you for listening. My name is Megan. I grew up in Sarable. I just finished listening to your podcast about shopping and at the tail end of it, um, needed to call in based on the vote that the newest dirt mall should be in Sarable, namely next to Hunkabunka, where Hunkabunka is. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with this. Uh, there is also a um, big lot of, I guess, cars that have been salvaged or are no longer, I'm not really sure. Um, and sometimes there's an auction, but growing up, my next-door neighbor used to work there. He was kind of like a grandfather to us and would sometimes bring home things that he found in cars that ended up at the auto exchange, like um, a VHS copy of Big Daddy starring Adam Sandler or stuffed animals, weirdly also a trumpet for my brother. Um, but he also would bring home lots of disposable cameras that had not yet been um, completely used, so we would use them and sometimes get the film developed because it was um, the mid-90s. And one time we did exactly that, and then my mom picked up the film that we had gotten developed, and it was um, naked pictures of a lady <laughs> and a tiny baby. Uh, and it was very uncomfortable and awkward, but that is just another reason why that would be a great location for a dirt mall um, with the South Amboy, former site of the South Amboy Cinemas, um, coming in second. Wholeheartedly agree. And if you will be um, chugging 40 ounces of soda in a Wawa parking lot, there is a Wawa directly down the street from Hunka Bunka. Um, so just wanted to share. Thanks for this. Um, I laugh every time I listen to every episode, and I love it. Have a great day.
Hey, everyone from Motown. I'm Mila. I've kind of lived all over New Jersey, but right now I live in Chatham. Love your show. Um, lived here my entire life. I'm currently actually at Rutgers, and I'm doing my thesis about New Jersey, and that's how I found your show. But the reason I'm calling is because I read this book called Looking for America on the New Jersey, New Jersey Turnpike. And I don't know if you know this, but the author of the book is someone Chris mentioned in the class trips episode, Angus Gillespie, who I recently... Uh, who recently retired, but the reason I'm calling is because the book, in this book, there's a chapter about rest stops, and there's several mentions of Roy Rogers, which is what Chris harassed him about, so I thought you might find that interesting. Anyway, I thought I would share. Thanks so much. Love the show. Hey, Chris. Uh, this is Nick. I'm calling currently from New Providence, New Jersey, uh, where I deliver the mail, but most of my life, I have spent in pizza places. Uh, So I thought I'd give a call in response to the last episode of Jersey Dude, Jersey's Food, which I agreed with a lot of, but there's two things I want to talk about. Um, The first, tomato pie. In my experience, has not just been near Trenton. I've always lived in North Jersey, but I am uh, familiar with tomato pie existing elsewhere, especially years ago, it used to be something that my great-grandfather, who I'm named after, would make all the time when he lived with my dad. Um, A lot of that had to do with coming from Italy and not being able to afford cheese because a lot of people couldn't as it was a luxury. So tomato pie was something I always kind of grew up around, and ever since I became someone who doesn't eat cheese anymore, uh, something I became very used to and kind of... uh, for me, overtakes the vegan cheese option because, like you, you were saying, I'm really about the sauce, and I think that's what matters most on the pie. But I do respect the people who like cheese a little more. And, and but in my experience growing up in a pizza place, it was kind of kids who would want, uh, you know, the cheesy flavor. Younger people always stress the cheesy flavor, and you have the adults who want more sauce over more cheese. Um, the second thing is the grease. I don't think a good pie should have. Um, I don't think a good pie should have all that grease because the the cheese that takes uh, the, the cheese that makes it, and you don't want a greasy pie. So like, there's some pies that are gonna have grease. I get that, but I think if you got a pie that you really are dabbing down that you're basically wiping down with napkins, you've got a pie with bad cheese, and uh, I don't think that's going to be very good. So that's just my opinion, and uh, sorry if I'm breathing heavy. If anyone's familiar with this area, it's all hills, and like I said, I'm working right now, so have a great day. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, this is Sam. Uh, so I just finished listening to the episode about places where we shopped, um, especially the contraband part reminded me of um, when I was a kid, after my parents got divorced, my dad lived in Bayonne in a basement apartment. Um, uh, it was in like a duplex kind of house, and on the second floor, there was a woman who lived there with her two kids who were younger than me. So I was about like nine, and the kids were uh, about like six or seven and like four or five respectively, something like that. So the woman smoked, and so I would go up and play with the kids and stuff like that. And she had us uh, go uh, get cigarettes for down at the corner store. So keep in mind, the corner store was actually like a convenience store that was four blocks away. 
So here we are, three children, nine, seven, and five, walking through Bayonne by ourselves to this, to this convenience store, and we go in to get the cigarettes, and I am kind of a goody-two-shoes, so I, was, I didn't want to go up to the counter and ask because I didn't think the guy was selling to me. So the seven-year-old, she walks up, and she asks for the cigarettes. Guy hands them to her, no problem. We walk out the store. It just blew my mind as a kid that, like, this guy was selling, like, seven-year-old cigarettes. But, um, but yeah, apparently that was just part of, part of the daily routine for them, and uh, it was uh, an experience. For me. So, anyway, uh, great job. Love listening to you guys. Bye. Um, hi. So, um, I'm calling from the UK, and uh, the reason I first heard about the podcast all the way over here is that I actually used to work with Mike D many, many years ago. Um, I'm not sure he would remember. Um, but anyway, I heard he was doing a podcast and I started listening um, because I've never been to New Jersey and all I know about it is from like films and TV and stuff. Um, and it sounds bizarre and weird and wonderful. Um, but then I wanted to call in because um, a few months ago, I actually discovered that I have this um, weird connection to New Jersey myself um, through a family ancestor um, from Malta, which is where I'm originally from. Um, and anyway, I wanted to see if you guys had ever been to this place. It's an old estate in Bordentown um, that was originally built by Joseph Bonaparte, as in Napoleon Bonaparte's brother, uh, which is bizarre. Um, but apparently he was exiled to New Jersey. Um, and so basically during lockdown here in the UK, um, it was really boring because we had three lockdowns and it just went on for ages. And I started doing my family tree and um, I have this ancestor from um, the 1800s, like early 1800s called Tommaso Anastasi. And um, he was some kind of antiquities dealer. And we think he ended up working for Joseph Bonaparte when he was setting up this, this house in Jersey. Um, and I have this old watch that um, belonged to my grandmother's grandmother and the story in the family is that it was originally meant for Joseph Bonaparte's wife but for some reason it, it kind of never got to her and um, he ended up bringing it back to Malta and giving it to his niece who was my great 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 grandmother um, anyway so I've never been to this place, obviously, because I've never been to New Jersey. And um, as you guys have been to so many old places in the state, I wondered if you had been to it and if you had, if you could talk about it. Okay, thanks. Megan from Sayreville. I had an inkling where the anonymous disposable camera story was going. And stories like that tend to boggle my mind. Some person took naked pictures of the mother of possibly their, possibly not their child with a disposable camera and decided to leave it in an abandoned car. On purpose? Forgotten? What happened to that person? What happened to those people? Where is that baby right now? Anyway. 
Always a blast hearing people mention Hunkabunka. If you went to Hunkabunka on any given Saturday night during the summer in the 90s, you would see the walking stereotypes that the world has yet to update in regards to what they expect people from New Jersey to be like. And I'm oddly fine with that. Also, whenever it's brought up on the show, Nikki Bonaduce invariably says, Teen Night at Hunkabunka. And that always cracks me up. What a nightmare that must have been. Trying to keep teenagers from sneaking in any form of a wide array of intoxicants while simultaneously trying to keep all the creeps and cradle robbers out of the club and more than likely, the parking lot. Ugh. On the subject of disposable cameras, I once took a photo of a man eating a sub in his car next to us at a red light on Bloomfield Avenue while cutting class in high school, and he caught me. My friend who was driving hightailed it all the way back to West Orange High School with an enraged sandwich fanatic aggressively tailgating us all the way back to the parking lot. But... He turned around when we turned in, thankfully. And while I ponder this, I wonder if the reason that he turned around was that he had gotten popped in the parking lot of Hunkabunka on teen night and had wound up on some sort of government watch list. Or maybe he just had indigestion. Who knows? Mila from Chatham. Before I get into the details of your excellent call, I would like to give a huge shout out to the eatery known as Nam Keen, located in Chatham. And if the following five words do anything to stimulate your taste buds as they do mine, you might want to check it out. Those five words, halal, fried chicken, and waffles. Gonna leave that right there. I will not ever say that I enjoy any restaurant any more than the Star Tavern in Orange, New Jersey, by way of West Orange. <laughs> but this newly discovered Namkeen, who is not a sponsor to me or to the show, is uh, coming up from behind. Side note to anyone at Namkeen. I will accept a sponsorship and will rep your restaurant, also the Star Tavern, shamelessly. Now, back to the action. Mila, thank you for the call and your kind words about our strange little world. I hope your thesis goes over like gangbusters. And if you feel so inclined, send me a copy when it's done. I would love to peruse it, as I am a voracious reader. Thanks again. Nick, a member of the ranks of the United States Postal Service, a soldier on the front lines of civilian America, a true scout of the demilitarized zone. You may consider your considerations considerated. When I moved back to Newark, my favorite pizza spot in town, Francesca's, was closed for the night. I called another spot that was open around the block and asked if they served a margarita pie. And the man on the other end of the line said, We make all of our pizzas with marinara sauce. To which I said, Great, I'll call you back. I hung up 
and reconsidered my options before calling back moments later. The same guy picked up and I told him that I wanted a plain pie to pick up, which he said, oh, we're closed. My mind boggled and before I could get into it with him, I thanked him and hung up. The next place that was open was called Tony's Pizza up by Krug's. In spite of the generic name, I ordered a margarita pie from them and was completely blown away by what I received when I got home. Five star pies in Newark from Tony's and from Francesca's. And honorary mention to the all-star dining at Krug's. For the uninitiated, Krug's is basically the star tavern of the Ironbound, but as opposed to the star where pizza is in the driver's seat, and burgers are in the back. The burgers run the show over there at Krug's with a great bar pie on the ready. The rest of the menu is pub fare gold. Gold. Come with an appetite. Enjoy the complimentary pickles and peppers. And Nick, please, don't apologize for breathing heavy on the phone. You, sir, are keeping America moving. Be safe out there, buddy. Shout out to Mike D's anonymous call-in pal. They must make better phones over there in England. It makes me wonder if the estate is haunted or if the watch is haunted. <laughs> Sounds like a real scary time. Ah, dad jokes. The Bonaparte estate out in Bordertown is officially on the list of places to adventure. For me, come fall. Reminds me of a date I took a young lady on in my teenage years. We and two other carloads of people went to venture down Clinton Road for the 400th time. And I pulled into the lead, cut the headlights, and floored it all the while, howling, Come on, boogeyman! Come on, boogeyman! Out the window like a wolf to the full moon. Shockingly, there was not a second date. Listener Sam, thank you so much for the call. Remember that scene in the movie Friday where Chris Tucker slash Smokey's mom sends him to the store to buy her cigarettes and hands him two bucks? Smokey says, this isn't enough. And his mom goes, make it enough. That scene has always stuck with me. I said make it enough on a regular basis. It's odd that I live a life where I should have to. But don't we all? Anyway, that's it for this week, month. Maybe I'm doing two of these today. Maybe I've already done two of these today. Either way, thank you all so much for your listenership. But moreover, most importantly, your participation in this weird, wonderful world called New Jersey is the world that we are all collectively building. It means the world everybody here at the home office and i don't know what more there is really to say about it we've got so much more great stuff coming at you live and direct y'all so stay tuned and as always please be kind to yourselves and be kind to one another
for calling Voices from the Jug Handle, a subsidiary of New Jersey is the World. Please feel free to reach out and leave a message at any time by calling our home office at 973-780-4660. Thank you and have a nice day.